Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We have been looking at just the first couple of verses. Um, we're looking at verses 2 through 4 at patience, perfect work. And uh, what I want to do is um, begin by just reading verses 2 and 3 just to get us going. The Apostle James write, writes there and says, My brethren, remember again that he's addressing both men and women. And uh, it's often rendered, my brothers and sisters. Um, he says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Now, <laughs> I don't know how many of us rejoice when we fall into a trial. And uh, can we just be honest about that? Oh, don't all look holy at me. All right. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things that we did last time, there is so much uh, that we went through last time. I really don't want to review all of it. I just want to pick up where we left off. Um, that's the reason why we put it all on the web. So you can go listen to it there. And if you are, then the last thing you want me to do is go over everything you've just heard. Amen. So I'm just going to move forward. However, I want to pick up in Hebrews chapter 12. To do so, I have to just go over a little bit of an overlap so you can pick up where we left off. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to bring something else out in this. Uh, the Lord just told me to stop there last week. I wanted to go a little bit further. But, uh, and I, I'm so glad I did stop there because there was something more that was to come, and uh, praise God, you're going to receive it today. Hot off the press. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's begin in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, let me read this, and then I will make comments and move from there, move on from there. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to notice something here. First of all, I want you to notice that he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. We are not to run this race looking unto ourselves. Looking at the problem, Jesus Christ is the solution. See, so many times, so much of the time people look at the problem and they get stuck in the problem. They, can't, they, you know, they don't stop talking about the problem. Whatever you talk about becomes big in your life. It is a, it is a type of meditation. Amen. Because, you know, one of the defi definitions of meditation is muttering under your breath. Have you heard people doing that when they have a problem? Nothing ever goes well. You know? And they're muttering the wrong thing. And then they wonder why the thing doesn't go away. Amen. Now, <laughs> I want you to notice, if we look to Jesus, and see, again, that's why it is so important that we get the right picture of Jesus. If we see Jesus as somebody with a rod... And not like the psalm says that thy rod comfort me. It's more like the rod beats me. If we're <laughs> looking at Jesus from that point of view, then we're never going to look to Jesus because all we're going to see is a rod that's waiting to beat us. If we have the wrong impression of God, we are never going to get through things. 
Are you all with me? Amen. Because if God is your problem, then who, who are you to look to? Amen. So, what, you know, that's the reason why, you know, we spend time making sure that you understood that every good, and James is going to bring that out in, in verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from him. So don't blame him. Don't even go there. He is your solution. He is not your problem. Now that we understand that, we can understand why the writer of Hebrews is saying here, looking unto Jesus. When we're going through something, we need to keep our eyes on him as our shepherd, as our good shepherd. Not the bad one, okay? Jesus talks about a good shepherd and a bad one in the Gospel of John. I believe it's somewhere in, in chapter 10 somewhere. But anyway, he's not that bad shepherd. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for us. And so we need to understand that he is the solution. He is the one that we need to keep our eyes on. He's the one we need to talk to and receive solution from, strength from. And that's going to come through the Holy Spirit as part of the thing. Okay, now there's a lot involved in this, but let me just stick to, my <laughs> stick to what I need to. You know, you can get off on rabbit trails all over the place, you know. But I want you to see something here in this verse that I didn't bring out last time. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, watch this, who for the joy that was set before him, count it all joy. When you fall into trials and tests and everything else, notice, who for the joy that was set before him. Do you understand what that is saying? Jesus didn't look at the cross. I mean, it was all over him. It was one of those things that, you know, it engulfs your thinking. I know nobody's been nailed to a cross here today, but okay. Can I just say this? Take my word for it. If you're nailed to one of those things, that's all you'll be thinking about. But I want you to notice what Jesus did. He didn't look at the problem. He looked past the problem. He looked to what was coming after this. So he wasn't thinking, and see, this is something we really need to develop in our life. He wasn't thinking about, woe is me. You know, I don't really deserve this. I mean, the very people I came here to die for are the ones that put me on the cross. You know, I would have been a little mad. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. This is in John chapter 1, but to as many as did, okay, hallelujah, gave him that authority, the power, and everything else to go to become his children. But I want you to see something here. That he, he watch this again. He said for the, oh, the writer of Hebrews says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's the endurance. Amen. He saw to you. He saw you one day coming and receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. And he said, you are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. Every single one of you is worth it. That's what he saw. He didn't see the nails as much as they were, you know, this is a problem that we have today. You know, we allow things to come in. You know, when there's pressure coming at you and things coming at you, let them stay out there. Don't allow them into your heart and your mind. This is what endurance is about. It is a shield that you put up and it gets stronger the more you use it. Remember I gave you the definition? It's like tempered steel. The more you attack the thing, the stronger it gets. Oh, hallelujah. That's why I said, the devil plays roulette. Every time he comes at you, he doesn't know whether the gun is loaded or not. He doesn't know what sword is going to come out of you today. Is it? Are you using the sword of the Spirit? 
the word of God when he comes? Or do you go, gee, I think there's a scripture, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay? You, need, you, know, you can't use a sword that you, didn't, you, know, you don't have handy. Family, that's the reason why we, you know, scripture is for you to, to <laughs> it's your arsenal. Let me put it this way. Amen? And the more scriptures you have, the more swords you have at your disposal. Amen? And the devil will come at you in every, kind, you know, every different way. Do you have a sword for every occasion? You know, you ladies have shoes for every occasion? Okay? <laughs> we need, I, I don't know what we have. Well, we have a tie for every occasion. But, you know, <laughs> we, we need to have a sword for every occasion. Amen. And we need to take time. See, meditating puts a sword in and sharpens it. The more you meditate, the sharper it gets. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Because it's the word that is spoken out of your heart that you believe. Jesus said, if you believe and you speak, mountains will begin to move. Amen. What's so great about this is that this fortitude, this staying power, this brave, heroic endurance is not something that disappears when the trial is over. I really need you to get this. This is something that doesn't go away. You all here? Okay. But becomes a permanent inequality of strength, which in itself increases each time a trial is endured. Meaning that you increase in strength in both faith and patience every time you go through a trial. I told you this is about strengthening your faith. It is a no, it's not about growing your faith or receiving faith. See, again, you need the word of God to receive faith for something, don't you? If you didn't know that, you know, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, you wouldn't know. You just would not know. That's why it says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowing. <laughs> okay, it says knowledge, but you know what I'm trying to say. Amen? So the more you know, the more is released from within. Amen. <clears throat> Everything that you have need of is on the inside of you. So the more the devil attacks us, the tougher we get. And what's more, the wiser and stronger we become as well. Now that was certainly the case with Paul and Silas. Let's turn to Acts chapter 16. When Paul cast out a spirit of divination from a slave girl that was possessed and upset all those who were profiting from it. Can you believe these guys, you know? And it says in verses 22 through 34, I just want to get you there really quickly, okay? <laughs> Let's read in verse 22. It says, then the multitude rose up together against them. And the, this, they were, by the way, they were ministering the word of God at this point in time, okay? And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Lovely people. All right. Because they delivered a girl. Not because they beat on her. <laughs> Verse 23. Now, I'm making a point here. You know, one of those no good deed goes unpunished. You know what I'm trying to say? <clears throat> this is one of those times they did something. They blessed someone and they're being persecuted for it. Remember, we talked about this. Okay? All right. Verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them. Man, I tell you. They beat them. It says they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Now. Let me stop here for a second. I would have expected an angel to come and take the rod that they were beating me with and beat the, 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 the same guy with it. And, and they all stepped back and said, Woo, we better not touch them. It's like, where's God? We're preaching his word. We delivered somebody and then we get beaten. Now remember, God wasn't the one that beat them. Remember, we're living in a fallen world. 
Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Amen? See, we want God to come down and do the thing that we object them doing to us. Back to them. Did I lose anybody along the way? No? Okay, you all got that. I need you to get something here. Can I say this? Let me just say this. <laughs> okay. It is a person that it lacks endurance that would want that. Okay, here we go. All right. So if, <laughs> okay. if some little weakling was getting beaten up, that's what they would do. They'd say, God, take vengeance. But I want you to now imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. You okay? Big dude. And they take the rods and they beat him. And he goes, <laughs> my sister hits harder. Probably does. You know, <laughs> she can bench press 200 pounds, man. <laughs> you know? No. You know, listen to me, okay? I mean, that sort of person kind of goes, is that all you got? Seriously? Is what God wants. Not for his kids to go, you know, with the nappy falling half down and everything, and going, ah, they beat me. I was doing the right thing, and they beat me. What is this? And God goes, really? Still in the nursery. Are we ever going to grow up? How many times have you gone through things, you know, and you'd had to just be tough about it? And you, you go pray silently. You don't make a big fuss. Well, somebody else has the Lord, has the Spirit, has everything you have, just falls apart. What's the difference? You've developed something in your life. Amen? Let's continue. Verse 24. Uh, yeah, let's, let's go back to 23 and then continue on to 24. It says, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They weren't complaining and carrying on. Notice it's midnight. They've been there a while. Think about this. Endurance. Are <laughs> you getting this? endurance they they not only not, listen when you're beaten that's one thing but then to get thrown in a hole remember when you fall okay it's like falling in a hole they were in a hole they were thrown in there and i want you to notice they're in pain and instead of complaining they're praising they're in pain they're in stocks, and they're praising. Get this? This is what endurance does. This is what you call heroic endurance. Are you getting me? Okay, see, we can't ever develop this if we're always looking, you know, for the quick and easy way out. Now, I don't ever want to get into a hole, and neither do you. We pray, you know, and we make sure that I'm praying for you constantly that, you know, the devil just stays at bay, that he can never get to you. But family, we are living in a fallen world, and things do get through sometimes. Not because God's not doing his thing, we're not doing our thing. 
And we kind of open the door sometimes without realizing it. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not because not they're disobedient necessarily, they're stupid, okay? You know, we kind of mess things up. We miss things. We are not perfect. Are you all with me, okay? And so things will come at you. And when they do, that's the reason why you need, you know, you need to know that it wasn't God behind it. You've, you've done something. Or the devil has just come against you because you're doing the right thing, like Paul and Silas were. Whatever the case is, you need to stand strong. Amen? And let's keep going. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Can I say this? In, in them praising God, singing hymns to God, what are they doing? Looking unto Jesus. They are seeing through the problem. They are looking at what... Can I, let me put it to you a different way. They're not seeing the result of what they've done as, you know, them being in stocks and being beaten. They're seeing that they are going to receive a reward in heaven. Remember, the more you go through, the more the devil attacks you, the greater your reward is. Remember Jesus said that. I brought that to you before. He said, rejoice because great is your reward. I reckon they were going, can you believe the stuff we're going to get for this? Okay, while other Christians are whining, oh God, they're going, woohoo, beat us some more. <laughs> no, not that you become that way. Okay, you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> don't get weird on me. All right, all right, okay. People get funny things out of my messages sometimes. Anyway, let's get, let's get back to this. <laughs> and the prisoners were listening to them. So notice that whatever you do, people are watching you. People hear you. You know, you can be all, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord in church, and you go outside, and suddenly it's like, oh, bless God. They heard both. Hypocrite. <laughs> okay? Moving on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Verse 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. They didn't ask for this. Can I say this again? They didn't ask for this. They were just rejoicing. Family, you need to find the truth. You need to find what to rejoice over. We need to be those people that are not just the glass is half full, but it's overflowing. Amen? And watch what happens. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. It didn't just say an earthquake. It said a great earthquake. I mean, the place was shaken. And it says so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Amen? And immediately... All. I want you to see the word all there. <laughs> you know, when God comes on the scene, everybody has a good, you know, I mean, they all get blessed. It says all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosened. It's like, whoopsies. <laughs> Don't mess with any of God's kids. This is what happens. You take one and everybody gets out. Okay, <laughs> all right. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Stop there for a second. If Paul and Silas were saying, God, get us out, God, get us out, and this happened, what would be the first thing they did? Get out. You know what I'm trying to say? The door opened, the chains fell off, let's go. Hang the consequences. We're out of here. We shouldn't be here anyway. We were doing stuff for God. And these people that imprisoned us, well, whatever. 
You know? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm bringing something out here I hope you get. This is heroic endurance. When the way is clear, you decide what you're going to do. You think about the consequences, not just what you can get out of it. But who's going to be hurt in the process? Hmm? Are you hearing me? Somebody without this endurance would have left. So I'm, giving you a, I'm <laughs> giving you a picture here. Because that's what I was, I, pres- I was praying to the Lord and said, we need a picture, man. <laughs> you know, I'm using all these words. They need to see something. So I hope you're seeing this. And watch this now. But Paul called, um, in verse 28, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We are all here. <laughs> this guy couldn't believe it. Watch now. Because they didn't think about themselves, something miraculous is about to happen. What the devil planned for their bad is going to be turned to their good. Watch now. This, this uh, God would have never had this ministry had they not been arrested and brought into this place to begin with. Okay? Not that God planned it. I told you this is the devil. But God will turn every situation around if you let him. They weren't about to put their swords down. <laughs> Amen. Wherever they were, they were going to do the right thing. No matter what it took. Now, so it says, then he called for a light. Ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) Here's the fruit. Here's the result of the heroic endurance. Here's the result of not complaining. None of this would have happened if they sat there and complained all night. This story would have read very differently. You hearing me? What opportunity do you have in your life to minister to someone by what you do, not by what you say? Moving on. And so they said, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. And you have to remember all your sins. And you have to confess all your sins. And you have to go through 20 steps before you get saved. You have to go through our new believers before I become a Christian class. And, (laughs) you know, well, not new believers. But yeah, what do I do before I become a Christian? How many things do I need to know? Class, you know, the the, the things that people have done to complicate matters astounds me. I mean, you have to know 16 different things 20 different truths, get 15 different qualifications before you can say, Jesus, you know, after that, you don't want any of it. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? I want you to understand the simplicity of this. I want you to understand that the people can make a decision on their deathbed. There was a cross, there was a, a thief on a cross. And he said, Lord, forgive me. And he said, that's done. I'm saying you'll be, Jesus guaranteed before he got baptized in water, because he couldn't, he was a little bit stuck. (laughs) Amen. 
I'm just letting you know, family, it's simple to get saved. Don't let people complicate it. And this is the Apostle Paul, you know. The Apostle Paul could have said, now, I've got this scroll here. Let's go through it. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's the one that wrote stuff that Peter said. He, stopped, he writes stuff. Even, it's hard for us to even understand half the things he goes on about. Because he memorized everything. This guy was not a fisherman. <laughs> okay? <laughs> all right. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He could put all of them to shame. And yet he said all of that stuff is as garbage now compared to the knowledge, knowledge of Christ. Oh, amen. Okay. So he says again, simple. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved, you and your household. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were with him. Uh, who were in his house, verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Watch this. He is now attending to them. This jailer who who put them in in prison is now not only saved, but he's actually washing their wounds. Watch this. Uh, And immediately he and all of his family were baptized. You got water here. Let's do this. Can you see the opportunities that this, they are just taking every opportunity they get. Brother, would they have not got saved? What happens if they didn't get baptized? They'd still gone to heaven. Getting wet doesn't change anything. (laughs) Amen? It is a physical symbol of something spiritual that's going on. Do you understand that's the same thing as a wedding ring, so to speak? All that, you know, that doesn't do anything. It's just an outward sign of something that has happened in the hearts of two people. Are you all with me? All right, moving on. And so again it says, And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all of his family were baptized. Verse 34, Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. That was the result of heroic endurance. Amen? And I've said here that's an example of this inequality of strength which Peter H. David's writing says, perseverance yields to a stable character, a firm, settled disposition of faith. It is a heroic virtue. Are you getting this now? Get this, please, okay? A person possessing such a virtue could be trusted to hold out whatever the circumstances. Amen. Hold out whatever the circumstances. I mean, they held out, man. This was bad circumstances. They held out. They praised God. Hallelujah. Such people, he says, are, are, are surely in demand as leaders in the church. Well, I say amen to that. Okay. Now, in order for us, to, how, how much time do I have left? Okay. In order for us to fully possess this priceless virtue, the apostle James goes on to say in verse 4. Let's go to verse 4. Hallelujah. He says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Boy, I tell you, this virtue, it does something tremendous for you. Douglas Shamu, that's that's the reason why people think God is doing this stuff to get you there. No, family, like I said before, and I want to reiterate this right now, it isn't about God doing this to you, it is about what God put on the inside of you. If the devil had ever attacked, he would be sorry for doing so. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen? Amen? Douglas Shamu points out that 
the translation, let patience have its perfect word, reveals that the benefits of testing come only to the believers who respond to them in the right way. Christians must allow endurance to do its intended work. See, we need to allow it to work. That's why I said you can't complain. Amen? You need to know God is behind you, God is with you, God is on your side. That's the only way you won't complain. You need to understand that whatever you're going through, there's a reward at the end of it. It's never without a blessing, ever. Amen? And God will make sure that the devil regrets anything he ever does to you. If your attitude is right, that's, that's your end result. Not only treasure in heaven, but down here, something will happen. Not only, and can I just say this, not only will all this happen, and we're going to look at what this all means, all right? Not only will this happen, but you will be blessed in what happens down here as well. Something extraordinary will happen if you allow it to happen. Amen. All right. In his commentary, John MacArthur says, that perfect here does not connote moral or spiritual perfection or sinlessness, but rather refers to that which is fully developed. We see an example of this in what the Apostle James goes on to say in uh, James 3.2, when he writes, If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. I like the New International Version. It says, If anyone is, ever, uh, is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. There is a, <laughs> did, did you get that? Your mouth is your biggest problem. You know, if you can catch it, that the thought's awesome. But, you know, if it gets past there, just watch what you say. Because what's about to come out of your mouth is what's going to be the biggest problem. See, the devil doesn't know what the problem is until you tell him. Can I say that again? The devil has no idea what, what's getting through and what isn't until you tell him. Until you say, I've got this huge problem, he goes, oh, good, it got through. If you <laughs> rejoice, he'll go, this, did, did, did the devil, did all the demons do what I told, told him to do? Did, this guy's too happy. <laughs> or, you know, she's smiling. What, what is this? Did you not give her a flat tire and a, a flat battery? Yep, we did. <laughs> Why is she smiling? I don't know. Does she know something we don't know? Probably. <laughs> Think we should run? Yep. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, in other words, because here come Michael, you know. <laughs> in other words, you become mature and complete, not lacking in anything of spiritual importance or value. Did you get all of that? You become mature and complete, listen, not lacking in anything of spiritual importance or value. With Douglas Emu saying that the Christian who has attained completeness will also be perfect, quote-unquote, in character. That's what we're looking for, family. Not personality, but character. I think the world has put too much emphasis on personality. And you can be this amazing personality with absolutely no character and they'll worship you. We need to be careful that we don't become like the world. Do not be conformed to the world. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why we need that transformation. And remember, it's a transformation. It's a transformation, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Transformation. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. This is also brought in what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 5. Let's go there very quickly. 
Can I finish this? Uh, three minutes. Never mind. <laughs> Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. This, this, this needs to be caught more than taught. Are you all with me? Amen? That, that's the reason why you know, I'm, I'm not rushing trying to get you information. I need you to catch the spirit of this thing. I need you to get an image of this on the inside of you. I need you to be able to stand and fight. You know, for this to rise up when it's least churchy. <laughs> Can I say that? You all know what I'm trying to say, right? When you're out in the world... And, the, you know, the cutlery is making a big noise, and people are yelling, and, and they're not yelling nice words, and everything else. Right in the middle of all of that, you don't have any praise and worship. You don't have Christina there with her beautiful voice, her beautiful songs, and beautiful playing, ministering to you. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I'm about to make a declaration of faith now because I've had praise and worship. I mean, you are in the midst of muck and mire and everything else. And you've got to make, <laughs> you're with me. And you've got to stand up on the inside. And contrary to everything that you see, you need to walk by faith. Let's, let's quickly look at these verses. We might have to come back to this. Romans 5, verses 3 and 4, it says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Oh, man. What is this? <laughs> okay. He says, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character. I'm going to stop there. I want you to notice, he says, it produces character. Whenever you run into something, it's another opportunity to sharpen up, to get a little bit stronger, to develop more character in your life. Amen. And so as Peter H. David explains, James is referring to mature Christian character. It is mature in that it is well developed, it is complete, in that uh, every virtue and insight is in and it won't turn. Okay, <laughs> is in place. It is not lacking anything, but listen, mirrors Christ. This is what adversity should produce in the Christian. Oh, I love that. Hallelujah. They need to see Jesus Christ in you. That's what James is talking about. He says, listen, uh, let me put it in James' words. Are you ready? Yeah, move away. You're in the way of my yeah, drawing up. He's the kind of person that says, talk is cheap. Let me see what you believe by what you do. Well, I'm going to. I don't care. When you did it, let me know. <laughs> get it that's the kind of person James is <laughs> do you know why because it's the doer of the word that is blessed amen now the apostle Paul does talk about good intentions and that's fine but family somewhere it needs to go from an intention to an act amen to something that you do that's what James means when he says again, let per patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Wouldn't you like to be in that place? Amen. I, I, I'm going to stop there. I, I don't have a lot left, but I don't know how much we can, <laughs> you can manage. I'm, I'm on minus two. All right, that'll do. All right. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's finish that. We will finish this next week. Well... 
according to my notes, we'll finish this next week. But I don't know what God wants to do, okay? <laughs> Let's leave it there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for all that we are learning today. I thank you, Father, for your word that brings light, that illuminates, Father, that shows us how to approach problems, how to approach situations, how to look through things, not just at them, but look past them. How to allow you to work in our lives. How to build character. Be strong. And be the heroes that the world is looking for and that heaven is looking for. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.